Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hemet and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show, get your bonus episodes, get ad-free episodes. You may be hearing more ads at this point forward, <laughs> but uh, if you want ad-free episodes, go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. And let me give a huge shout out to some of our more recent supporters, Joseph C., Stephanie B., Jen J., Beth and Alan McKenna, Tracy, Joe G, Joshua H, and I can't believe you're making me say this, Size Queen, spelled S-I-G-H-S, clever. That's pretty funny. That is kind of funny. That's a very um, funny name. And you should I, have been honored to say that. I'm deeply honored. <laughs> deeply. Top tier plan words. And then uh, just a quick note, personal note, mm-hmm. that I am writing a bunch of my articles at this point on Substack. And so if anyone's interested in those, uh, I'm making it, I'm not putting a paywall up, but it is at friendlyatheist.substack.com. That link is in the show notes. And I know for those of you who have followed anything I do over the past couple of years, for a while I've been writing for the site only sky Mm -hmm. and they still exist and they still have awesome people there and they're still working. But it was kind of like a, I'm not making enough and I need to just kind of do my own thing at this point. Yeah. And so we're all on good terms and Mm -hmm. I hope I can go back there at some point, but that's why I've made the switch for now at least. And I hope uh, it's working so far. So we'll see. Well, cool. Congrats. Um, Thanks. There's so many. We'll talk about my percentage of monetization of the substance shortly. (laughs) Done. Because we've been off for two weeks. Yeah, man. uh, There's so much to talk about. He's been frantically writing for 37 minutes. (laughs) Um, I figured we would start with the drama at Saddleback Church. Uh, This is Rick Warren's church. And, like, even if you don't follow. Uh, the evangelical world. Mm -hmm. You probably have heard of Rick Warren. This is a guy who started and ended up leading one of the largest mega churches in the country for many, many years. He wrote the book, The Purpose Driven Life, which became a crazy bestseller. And and, and like crossed religious boundaries too. It was mainstream mainstream is the word I was Importantly crossed religious boundaries, even though it's a Christian book. He was tapped to give like an invocation at Barack Obama's inauguration, which Mm -hmm. pissed off a lot of uh, progressives who voted for Barack Obama because Rick Warren doesn't support same-sex marriage and all that stuff because he's an evangelical. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason they're in the news this week is be, first of all, Rick Warren announced like a couple of years ago he's going to retire, mm-hmm. and he already picked his successor. Like all this has happened, it's it's fine, whatever. Very royal, uh, but he was there for like forty years. Picked his successor. I mean, Jesus whatever. Christ. It's a big company. You do that sort of thing. The reason they're in the news this week is because the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. of which they are a part of. Uh-huh. Kicked them out. What? <laughs> they Wait, kicked... He has not retired yet. Um, he has retired. Oh, he has retired. Yes. He okay. still he has some like um 
position there, sure. like some formal Emeritus kind yeah. of. <laughs> he has a title there, but he's not the dude in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. He has a new guy, which we'll talk about in a second. But the Southern Baptist Convention kicked Saddleback Church out of uh, out of their. Uh, Convention. Okay. Why did they do it? I'm going to take a swing and say that whomever is replacing, whoever is replacing, whoever's replacing mm-hmm. Rick Warren is slightly more progressive and said something that was slightly over the line. You would be wrong about that. Really? The guy who who God damn it, that was hopeful over, thinking, wasn't it? You're not far, but oh. uh, the guy who took over his spot. Uh, his name is Andy Wood, and <laughs> Andy ran some other congregation somewhere. He got tapped to now lead Saddleback. Andy Wood is openly transphobic. He has promoted guys like Mark Driscoll, who is spiritually, emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was oblivious to the fact that that was happening. Like fucking idiots. Um, and there were allegations that Andy Wood himself was an abusive leader at his old church. Saddleback said, like, we investigated it. And there is, I'm quoting here, there is no systemic or pattern of abuse under Andy's leadership, nor was there an individual Phew. that we that we felt was abused. Oh, well, put that to bed. So anyway, good Andy, work, everybody. Andy Wood Another has mystery solved. <laughs> plenty of issues on his end. So they are not kicking out Saddleback because Andy monsters. Wood is too progressive for him. They do not give a shit about <laughs> anybody. And Can this, you imagine? And this is like the quote unquote good church. Oh, okay, okay, so why going. did the Southern Baptist Convention kick out Saddleback? Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's we were doing a little fun. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, what? So it's not a, a progressive thing. It's not too progressive. It's well, not, not in that way. Not too conservative, is it? Nope. Nope, you can't be too pro- conservative That's for Southern Baptist. That's why I Baptists. said it's not, because I didn't think... Okay, um, now they maybe have, racist? Is, is it a, a mixed... They have... The Southern Baptist Convention... community there? Has... It is multicultural. Southern Baptist Convention has sometimes kicked out churches for being too racist. It doesn't happen very often. Right. But it's happened at least a couple of times. Obviously, the SBC has been in the news more recently because of all the sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. cover-up, shenanigans. They have all these predators at all their churches, but no centralized list, we were told, of all the predators, except they totally did in secret. Can I tell you how shocked I am at how hard it was to think of a thing that could get a church kicked out of Southern Baptist Southern Baptist because everything I think a person (laughs) would do is like applauded by them. Like, oh, he like groomed a teenager and then nope. married her the minute she turned Southern 18. Baptists love it. Love right. that shit. They're and fine. all I could think of was like, if there are black people in the church, racism is pretty hard to like sweep around, right? Yeah. No, the people who are in the Southern Baptist Convention in uh, general are probably going to be more racist than your typical, okay. you know, uh, people. But, so but know. again, the Southern Baptist Convention says racism is wrong, and they have in the past kicked out like churches for being too racist. So huh. all this has happened. Okay, here's what happened. Oh, boy. What happened is Nazis? when they KKK. hired, not yet, when they hired Andy Wood to mm-hmm. take over this church, when Rick Warren hired Andy Wood to take over his church, and the elders at that church did that. Andy has been Wood, divorced. Nope. Sorry. Andy Wood said, fine, I, you know, I'll take over. Here's my resume. They looked into this guy, and they're cool with whatever abuse allegations there were. Mm-hmm. 
Andy Wood also said, by the way, I have a wife. Of course I do. I'm an evangelical. I'm a Southern Baptist. She's a human woman, and I love her very much with my human penis. Yes. And she turns out to be a pastor in her own right. She is uh, in evangelical parlance. She is a teaching pastor, so she delivers sermons. And in fact, if you go to Saddleback Church's like YouTube channel and uh-huh. stuff, there are plenty of videos of Stacy Wood like delivering sermons. Yeah. And like I'd haven't watched them. I'm sure they're fine for evangelical churches and whatnot. But that's the reason they are kicking them out because you have elevated a woman to a position of biblical authority and the Southern Baptists will have none of that. I'm mad at you personally because I was going to guess that, but then I was like, no, that's progressive. (laughs) That part is apparently too progressive for them. So I think think history will look back (laughs) on this conversation and vindicate me. Fair enough. Here's what they said. The executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention said Saddleback, quote, has a faith and practice that does not closely identify with the convention's adopted statement of faith as demonstrated by the church having a female teaching pastor functioning in the office of pastor. How dare you call a woman a pastor? By the way, a couple of years ago, to his credit, Rick Warren ordained three female pastors mm, wow. in church. But, so brave but here's the of thing. that billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> when he ordained those pastors, like we're saying, hey, you're a woman, but you lead our children's ministry, and uh-huh. we want to bequeath upon you some Christian magic fairy dust, and now you're an ordained pastor. Sure. But you're running the children's ministry, or you're running something else. Mm-hmm. Not... You're the person in front of the pulpit, in the pulpit. You have authority over thing. the lower ranks right. of humanity, like children. But when they hired Andy Wood, his wife came along as part of the package. Of course she would. And she has preached at the church, and that's why Saddleback is getting rid of him. In fact... No, wait, wait. Yeah. Saddleback is getting rid of the pastor? No, 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 no. Saddleback is fine with the pastor. Oh, okay. Saddleback is fine with that's his wife the... as the pastor. But the Southern Baptist okay. Convention says, well, then you can't be part of us. All right. See you never, dorks. <laughs> Saddleback is one of five churches that was kicked out this week. For this reason? For this exact reason, for elevating women in leadership. I sure do love them, like, closing ranks tighter and tighter. It's like galvanizing them (laughs) until they're going to be, like, the density of antimatter, and then they're going to explode and bring us all with them. And the weirdest thing about this is, like... I think that's how chemistry works, If if you're the Southern Baptist Convention, (laughs) I don't know what you get out of this because you have kicked out one of the most... Pop, yeah, like purity largest, test, baby. One of, you've kicked out yeah. one of the largest churches, one of the churches very well known for bringing in the sort of people who don't normally go to church. Right. You are angering Rick Warren, which is probably not the guy who's ever in like an evangelical controversy. So funny. You know what I mean? This is a bananas choice. But I mean, the only, the, the guess I would make is so the way um, politicians are just sprinting to the right mm-hmm. so they can go back to their constituents and say, hey, like, I, you think that person's conservative? I'm cons- So I'm imagining this circle jerk of people being like, Oh, our women have to wear long pants. Oh, your women wear pants. Our women have to wear skirts. Oh, yeah. your women wear skirts. Our women have to wear dresses. Oh, you let them cut their hair. We don't cut. Like, they're just trying to one-up each other until they've reinvented, like, conservative <laughs> Islam that they hate so much. And keep in mind, the SBC, this is a group that is in membership decline over the past several years. Oof. Sexual abuse scandals. Going poorly We talked them. about when their current president appeared on 60 
minutes a few months ago to defend their actions mm-hmm. and like even in that interview which particular actions uh all the sexual abuse that they oh, covered okay. up and even in there they're like well do you think i mean we know you think abortion is wrong but if like a 12 year old girl is a victim of sexual assault mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah she should be forced to have a baby too yeah this is the guy defending the church we wouldn't deny a 12 year old the joy of childbirth right right with their Really well-developed pelvises. And so for all of this, the Southern Baptist Convention is like, you know, the one dude in the one church that makes us look good, let's kick them out. Like, and this is the thing. This is from Ryan Birch. Too liberal, dude. (laughs) Too too liberal in the dumbest of ways, too, because this is not a thing that should be controversial. In fact, according to sociologist Ryan Birch, Ryan Birch, the sociologist, says in a like whatever survey he was pulling this from. About three quarters of evangelicals are fine with a woman preaching on a Sunday I mean, morning. H- how many Catholics are fine with abortion? Like yeah, what the exactly. people want do not matter. This that is, is correct. not a democracy. This is a cheerocracy. So here's what should happen. Like Saddleback, if you're that, I know it's the, that name, by the way, has been co-opted to mean something else. Cheerocracy? No. Democracy. Saddleback. Go Urban Dictionary, that shit. Saddleback should, like, be celebrating this thing because imagine how badass it must be to say we're so, like, the Southern Baptist Convention doesn't want what we have to offer. Like, the Southern Baptist Convention needs Saddleback Church more than the church needs the SBC. 1,200%. Yeah, they're going to... Not that I'm rooting for any giant megachurch to succeed, but I'm also not concerned. A term for the phenomenon... Phenomenon of Christian teens in... Oh. Thanks, Dan Savage. Okay, okay. I remember this being a thing in the 90s. This is essentially... Sorry, it's sexual content. It's about kids will have anal sex before they're married because that quote-unquote doesn't count, mm-hmm. which was defo a like pervasive rumor because i grew up in a catholic area same fucking rules apply mm-hmm. um and i wonder if that's one of those like lipstick party type urb- urban, urban legends, legends that yeah. nobody really does but everybody suspected everybody else did oh that's very no people definitely did that what am i talking about kids will find it <laughs> Like, listen, we know soaking is a thing. Don't look it up, kids. <laughs> so if that is a thing, then this is for sure a thing. And they... It has nothing to do with the story, but it is amusing oh, regardless. I, listen, I could talk about <laughs> anal sex and teenagers for months. Don't use that clip. I will be the fired from everything. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about what's happening in Arizona this week. Arizona Republicans this week passed a bill, 31 to 29. They have that razor-thin majority in Uh the Arizona House, 31 to 29, and all 31 Republicans voted for this bill. Uh The bill, which is uh, House Bill 2523, it says all students, kindergarten through 12th grade, shall recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Ooh, that's unconstitutional. (laughs) And there are two exceptions. at the top. Two exceptions to the rule. One is if you are 18 years old, which applies to a small (laughs) fraction of seniors. And the other, the other exception is if your parents give you permission to not say it, which is stupid because... These weird motherfuckers spend so much time (laughs) and effort to make a little tiny Nazi youth camp right in our own backyard. Like truly, if any other country 
we found out that they were forced to Saudi recite Arabia something. Saudi Arabia has to force a pledge to the nation. You know, the rest of the world things were fucking weird for playing national anthem before everything, including I mean, all sports. Also, the military aspect of uh, all of this is bullshit, and it's propaganda, and it needs to stop. Don't say Back Top to Gun Maverick. <laughs> so. Here's Sorry, the problem with this. with this. The thing is, if you're the sort of student who is politically conscious enough to have a reason not to want to say the Pledge of Allegiance, no odds your are will. your parents are not on your side. Odds are you don't want to talk to them about it. Mm. You don't want them to. You don't want to get a permission slip from them, and so uh, that's the problem. I barely with, wanted to get permission slips to like go on field trips. It yeah. was too stressful. So. Really quickly, let me just explain why kids may not want to say the Pledge of Allegiance because it's not just one reason. Really quickly, under God is in there, and a lot of people don't want to say a religious pledge. Mm -hmm. Um, Even without under God, there are people who would say pledging allegiance to a flag or worshiping a false idol Mm -hmm. in another phrase that violates my religious beliefs because the only person I should be pledging allegiance to is God. Also, the pledge says we have liberty and justice for all. Plenty of students of color have opposed the pledge in recent years because they know we don't, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to lie about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Another reason you might have is that the pledge was written to promote anti-immigrant sentiment because the whole reason it was written in the first place is to say, hey, all these foreigners are coming into the United States Mm -hmm. right now. Let's make sure they're not paying homage to the Italian flag or something like that. And obviously... Our country doesn't always deserve admiration. Why do we want to pledge allegiance to a country that is often a global embarrassment? So those are all reasons you may not want to say the pledge. I think I also want to add in that the under God portion only got added as a reflex to the red scare, the red threat that they Mm -hmm. saw around every corner, which it was, fuck, guys, get it together. (laughs) Now, all of those are philosophical, ethical reasons you may not want to say the pledge, but this bill... Obviously, and you probably thought this when you heard it, that violates the The, law as well. uh Because you can't force kids to say a pledge to America or salute the flag or anything like that. You can't make kids say just about anything due to the First Amendment. (laughs) And here's the thing. The Supreme Court ruled on this, and it hasn't been overturned. They've ruled on this back in 1943. And what they said at the time was that the government cannot compel speech. And what they said famously, one of the justices wrote in his majority opinion, if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, Uh it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. Wow. You can't make people say they love this country. Not mincing words. So the lady who sponsored this bill, her name is Barbara Parker. She's a first-term Republican in the Arizona House. Cool. When they had a short discussion in the state house about the bill, Mm -hmm. first she didn't want to answer any questions about it, but she gave a quick speech where she said first, church-state separation doesn't really exist because it's Mm -hmm. not in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. which is not how anything works. It is in the First Amendment. It has been interpreted that way in the First Amendment by pretty much every court forever. God, the education system in this fucking country. (laughs) uh, And also, by the way, that 1943 Supreme Court ruling, it overturned 
a ruling from 1940 that said students do have to salute the flag Hmm. and like do that sort of thing. And that was such a horrible decision that the 1943 one came to them because and they had the chance to overturn it. And they're like, yeah, we screwed that one up. So they overturned the thing. And this lady, uh, Barbara Parker, said, all right, you all are referring to that 1943 ruling. She uh-huh. said, under God wasn't even in the pledge in 1943. And ever since it w- has been in there in 1954, no one's really opposed that. She thinks the addition of under God makes the pledge less controversial. She thinks it makes that Supreme Court decision that says, it, yeah, it makes it moot because, because the it's a different thing. Different. It's a different thing now. And then the last that thing is some <laughs> straw grasping, my friend. Yeah. And then finally, she said, we say the Pledge of Allegiance every day on this floor. And what's good for us is good for the children. Which... Again, I mean, I'm drinking red wine, which is great for me. I would put not it in the baby it bottle, right? Children, yeah. I mean, and again, to go back to the Supreme Court, even this current Supreme Court, yeah, they might say invocation prayers are legal at city council meetings, but they have not said you can do them at school board meetings. You mm-hmm. cannot have uh, non-denominational prayers at graduations. Why? Because there are kids involved. Gotcha. It doesn't extend to kids. Gotcha. Adults can walk out of the room if they don't want to be a part of it. Right. We cannot expect children to put that onus on themselves to to get out of there, ostracize themselves. Or even understand that they are being given that yeah. information or whatever. So this passed in the Arizona House, 31 to 29. It nice now work, heads Arizona. to the Arizona Senate, which also has a Republican majority of 16 to 14. Whoa. Slim majority. So it will likely, I mean, it could pass there as well, this illegal that bill. must trigger an immediate lawsuit, right? If it became law, it would. It could. Um, but, okay. but... Thankfully, in the last election, uh, Carrie Lake, the Vaseline lady who appears on camera with like the filters, the all the filters, Vaseline she looks lady. like her camera screen has been glossed over with Vaseline. Oh, I every got time. you. I got you. She lost. Katie Hobbs is the governor. Katie Hobbs is a Democrat. Katie Hobbs can veto this bill. Dope. So that's great news. But oh, even if that happens, so like I'm not worried this is going to become speak law. Well, for the citizens of Arizona, and it speaks horribly of the Republicans who are still trying to pass this bill mm-hmm. under the guise that what kids need more than anything else is forced patriotism. I mean, keep in mind they could pass bills that actually make us proud, mm-hmm. that make the citizens of Arizona proud to live in the state. Mm-hmm. You're helping the poor. You are helping mm-hmm. marginalized communities. You're mm-hmm. making life easier. Then maybe I would want to pledge allegiance, you know, to the state or Wouldn't the country. That'd be cool. But no, they're just like, nope. Let's just force them to say it because we can't earn their love any like, other yeah, way. Don't they hear that? Don't they hear the <clears throat> like fascism inherent in what you don't love this country? What the fuck is your problem? Like, oh, it's insidious. Oh, it's so bad. Like. This is another one of those are we the baddies moments of like, <laughs> gang, you're trying to force kids into reciting a pledge? That's weird. That's a weird thing to care about. It's uh, Listen, not yucking anybody's yums, but I do have some suggestions for things people should recite instead of the Pledge oh of Allegiance. Uh, Time tables was my first idea. <laughs> That's a horrible idea. Um, all of the adverbs... Uh, All of about them. above a bus, oh my God. along, amid among our on or behind below being. I have no idea how right. that song helps anybody. Well, I still know the first 20 adverbs in alphabetical order. It doesn't. 
If it was like oh, the planets, I forget what an adverb is. Yeah. Oh, planets. That's a good one. My next one is the Bill of Rights. Okay. Or the preamble, which I mean, is a little I mean, if the Republicans in the Arizona House would recite the Bill of Rights to begin their Listen, sessions. could this be our national campaign is <laughs> instead of the Pledge of Allegiance, let's make everybody recite the Bill of Rights. Every <laughs> wh- Wherever we recite the Pledge of Allegiance, it is far more appropriate to recite the Bill of Light- Rights so we all remember why we're here and what Just our rights are. Just make them do like the 14th Amendment. I'll take that one too. Yeah, I guess that's a You know, whatever they don't know. <laughs> Um, are new and every day. Are you drawing out of a hat? <laughs> okay, this is getting away from the <laughs> from reality, Emmett. Please. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You, too, can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. I'm going to jump to Nikki Haley. She announced her presidential campaign, the Republic, former Republican governor of South Carolina, Donald Trump's ambassador to, what, the UN, maybe? UN, I, yeah. yeah. Um, she, Eurovision? One of those. Something like that. <laughs> so she announced her presidential campaign. I have no idea who her base is supposed to be. Because, obviously, Democrats have no love for her. MAGA people have no love for her. Well, And who's her base? Well, she is a brown woman courting a sexist and racist base. Yes. Hell of a try, Shooter. Happy to see what's going to happen here. You know, like, wow, big swing, kiddo. Like, you are not welcome on their playground. I mean, so she's running to be someone else's vice president is what she's doing. But that at, the, at the announcement for her presidential campaign, she is trying to present herself as like this moderate Republican who can win over swing voters, which is what Republicans need if they want to win the presidency. That's the game plan for her campaign. Yeah. So you would think then if you're going to play that game, you got to explain to us why you're so moderate because it's not your policies because mm-hmm. Republican policies are not moderate. But more the the thing that was shocking is that in order to to introduce her Mm-hmm. Before this national audience for the technically first time as a well, presidential candidate, she invited Pastor John Hagee to deliver the invocation. I know that name. You do know that name, and I'll tell you why in a second. But and I will I just want you to remember this. After Hagee spoke, Nikki Haley finally gets introduced on stage eventually. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things she says is she thanks him okay. and she says, you know, I still say I wanna be you when I grow up. Oh, boy. That's her way of saying he's a man worth admiring. I have a question. Yeah. Is she Christian? Yes. Okay. 
Like that's why her version of brown might be acceptable. Yeah, to I Republicans. was just I would really love to find out that she's been Hindu this whole time no, and is no. just like wearing a cross. I don't know. She hides her real name. She hides whatever yeah, her religion. Anyway, who's the other brown guy who changed his name? Bobby Jindal. Jindal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah, motherfucker. He's also on the list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all brown people have that list. Uh-huh. He's on that. Um, so John Hagee, who is this guy that she says she wants to be just like when she grows up? Well, he is a guy. Oh, I'm not going to say this while you're drinking wine mm. right there. Thank you for your consideration said, and our equipment. Uh huh. Hitler was a hunter sent by God to usher in the state of Israel. Okay. Uh huh. He said Hitler. A hunter sent yeah. by God. God sent Hitler because we needed to- Israel. Don't don't try to parse it because okay. Okay. you won't okay. get anywhere well, good. Let's just move on. I don't uh, think he I'm called gonna... Hitler a half breed Jew, unquote. See, okay, I'm I don't not know how to take that. Going one. to go on record defending Hitler. <laughs> we'll stop there. He called the Catholic <laughs> Church. John Hagee called the Catholic Church the great whore. Ooh. Uh-huh. Honestly, I was really excited to like be on his team for once no. and then he used a Um he sex endorsed workslur. John McCain in 2008 because okay. of course he would. Yeah. And John McCain quickly had to apologize for accepting that endorsement cuz it's John Hagee and he's insane. John McCain had to John apologize. John McCain had to be that like guy crashed you guys. like four jets. Did you know that? He was a very bad pilot. <laughs> um Hagee says all uh Political enemies, all of his political enemies, mm-hmm. including us, by the way, oh, we're all socialists. Did who, he name check? Yep. Who cool. do not love America, and we should catch a flight to North Korea since, quote, we don't need you and we don't want you. Um, because Why he's channeling, to to North Korea, he's channeling Jesus and the religion of love. He <laughs> believes the Ten Commandments should be law. He says if we adopted the Ten Commandments, we would not need to teach critical race theory or, quote, transgender sex neither of which, by the way, is taught in schools. Um, he thinks the Ten Commandments would eliminate racism, uh, crime. John McCain lost five jets, not oh, four. I'm sorry. LGBTQ people, abortion. Ten Commandments would fix all of that. It would all be gone. Which one? Which I'm sorry, which of the Ten Commandments says don't rape? I forgot. Uh, number 11. <laughs> and then... The f- I love that you think it would even be in their top 50. <laughs> he said Hurricane Katrina was sent by God to warn us about the dangers of gay people. That's where I know him uh-huh. from. He said rock music is, quote, satanic cyanide. See, now I'm recognizing these songs. <clears throat> yep. Wait, satanic cyanide yeah. is the Which most is a great band name. metal thing yes. I have ever heard. Um, he also ignored and downplayed the seriousness of COVID. Then he caught COVID. Then he was hospitalized died. for COVID. And then he died? And then he credited his recovery to a vaccine whose name is Jesus Christ. I don't think Jesus would. I don't think you. I just want to go on record. Do not inject red wine into your veins, folks. I'm not done the yet. The blood of Jesus will not heal you. He says atheists should leave the country if we don't like Christmas. We did that already. Nope. That's a different one. Oh, okay. He says we won't be missed. He says America's embrace of secular humanism has turned the country into a pagan society. And okay. that atheism. That has, one I agree with. Yes, Listen, we're too I'm pagan. on board. He says atheism has, quote, never healed a disease, mm, but a lot of atheist has. scientists have. Scientists? Um, and the, uh, here's the weirdest thing about the dude. When he we and his son, no, he and his son both preach at the same church, his like grown adult Donald Trump Jr.-esque son. Ooh. And when the son preaches and he's standing at the pulpit and dancing around and doing whatever it is he does, 
John Hagee sits on the side of the stage on a goddamn throne like he's the king of the pulpit and just sits on the side and watches over on stage. Look at this picture. Come around and look at this picture of him sitting on his throne on the stage watching his son. It's somewhat less. I'm just, no, it's the Game of Thrones like throne. Well, I was really hoping it would be like the Taskmaster chair and Taskmaster, which is like one of those classic <laughs> red velvet numbers. The point being, Nikki Haley invited this dude to give the invocation at her I'm the normal Republican launch, presidential I campaign need a throne, launch. Don't I? And then said, I want to be just like you when I grow up, which is not anything anyone should be aspiring to ever. Well, I mean. Christ, that's going to be a shit show. Oh, my God, election season is starting soon. No, 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 no. Oh, I got no, at least a few months. you can't deny it, Hammett. We're not England. We don't have our shit in a row about elections, that's JK. A, it's all a mess. But they a, only have, like, 60 days of campaigning, which is... That's a good segue to our next segment. Okay. So, there is a podcast that is new this week about JK Rowling. And guess who is the narrator host of this podcast? J.K. Rowling. No. Jim Dale. Megan Phelps Roper is the person who's doing the podcast. As in Phelps Phelps? Yeah. So, and this is the part that kind of troubles me. So, the backstory here, Megan Phelps Roper, if Phelps rings a bell, it's because Fred Phelps, Westboro Baptist Church, Megan was a member of Westboro Baptist Church for pretty much her entire life. She's holding up the she signs. Left, right? She did leave. She was holding up the signs for a long time. She was kind of their social media person. She's the one that's tweeting out horrible things for a long time. And then famously, like maybe I'm making this up but like 10 years ago, maybe like she started talking to some of the people that she was trolling and like a couple of well, the people. Your first problem. I know this is what happens on Twitter, right? Mm. She's like starting to DM with people on Twitter who want to like not argue with her, but like talk some Debate sense maybe. into her. Um, and in the course of talking to people, this was covered in a New Yorker article years ago. Um, she realized a lot of the stuff she believed was wrong. Wow. And this started her on this journey of maybe I don't want to be a part of this church anymore. And she eventually escaped. Not, not that they were holding her hostage, but she eventually left that church, which also meant leaving her family sure. in a lot of ways. It's very and much. It's leaving a cult. She, she left a cult. wrote a memoir about leaving the Westboro Baptist Church, too. And, like, for a long time, that's kind of the version of her. I've talked to her a few times here and there. I've met her a couple of times. Mm. Like, fine. Very, yeah. like, I'm good for her. What a journey that must have been. And, like, she left this hate group, and now she's kind of seen the light. That's always an inspirational story. Love to hear it. And then, now we've gone, like, a couple years have passed since I've kind of been in touch with her and stuff. And, you know, I don't really follow her on a regular basis. But then she announces, like, a couple weeks ago, that she's been working with this conservative misinformation outlet. uh, Run by, like, Barry Weiss, who's notoriously transphobic, and all these, like... Right wing, uh, all the trans people are, you know, anti-trans. The the ones who are like, we're centrist, but they always perpetuate misinformation Mm -hmm. about like five-year-olds are changing their gender when they ask their teacher and all, like whatever lies I identify as a blank comedy. The people who find that thing funny, 
She's now working for them and releasing this podcast. And what is she doing this podcast on? She's interviewing J.K. Rowling, who is a notorious transphobe, trying to get her side of the story on being a transphobe. And by the way, the way this podcast series has been pitched, it's kind of like J.K. Rowling's defense that I am not a transphobe. I'm just asking questions. I There's nothing hateful about me except... I don't know. If you talk to trans people, they might disagree. It's, if you talk to people who've been following this conversation closer than I have, they would disagree. I really, really, really hope that people who sort of make fun of people for uh, being heartbroken over J.K. Rowling being this horrible person. I hope people understand that, like, it's really shitty for a whole lot of people. We just went through this whole thing with that podcaster that everybody loved, and now uh-huh. they feel betrayed. People based their childhoods around Harry Potter. And it's genuinely been devastating for a lot of people that they've lost their comfort blanket. So I don't like, mm-hmm. of course, I can't enjoy Harry Potter because the yeah. person behind it all I is this bigot. Like if Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even, even the people in the movies, the kids who played uh, Harry Potter and the friends in oh, the even movies then they're like, Ooh, are like, down. we're distancing ourselves from her. And the thing is, look, I haven't heard the podcast. I'll be first to admit I haven't heard Megan's uh, podcast with J.K. Rowling. She says that in the series, the other episodes we have not heard yet include conversations with trans people, too. Okay, fine. I'm not even judging whether the podcast is good or not because I have not heard it. But the idea that this person, I'm just shocked by this. She left a hate group, Mm -hmm. seemingly found Mm -hmm. the light, saw the light, came out of it became kind of a spokeswoman for the fact that like even someone with hardened core beliefs can change if you are compassionate in how you talk to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what she said. She said, these people showed me love even when I had, I had not deserved it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me shake my system, put a jolt in my system. And it started to get me thinking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet now it's putting a microphone in the face of someone who has caused so much harm to so many people. I'm amazed by that journey of hate group to not hate group to I mean, let me amplify a bigot using the platform I have created as a non-bigot. I mean, none of us are impervious to being, for lack of a better term, brainwashed, right? Like any per, it can happen to any person. And I've heard, obviously, anecdotally, Stories around of like people go down a YouTube rabbit hole for, you know, a couple of weeks or a month and all of a sudden they act different. They treat people differently. Like people get sucked into things. And especially if you're a person who had a really traumatic childhood, which I presume she did. I, I mean, I'm not happy with it, but I'm not, like. <sighs> this was interesting because a couple a couple of years ago when Biden was running for president. Uh, one of the things we've always complained about as atheists, as an organizational community, those of us involved in that side of the mm-hmm. movement, is like none of these candidates ever want to make any contact with us. Mm-hmm. They will do everything they can to pander to Christians. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, pander to us. We're right here. There's yeah. a lot of us. And yeah. we vote for Democrats. So, like, come on, give us something here. The Joe Biden campaign, their religious faith outreach people did reach out 
to various atheist organizations and said, listen, we want your support. Maybe it is straight up pandering, but like they said, hey, be on our weekly calls. We want to have a member of the Biden staff Mm. meet with your community on a regular basis, talk to us about the things. I was fortunate enough to be asked to be a part of that. Listen, they were mostly conference calls with one person from the Biden team. I'm not going to pretend that it's like changed much, Um, but... The fact that they were, like, not afraid to talk to us, that was nice. Yeah. We made a video saying, here's why we are humanists and we're voting for Joe Biden, mm-hmm. um, because we all were, regardless of whether they of asked us for yeah. this or not. And again, could they have done more? Yeah, always. But it's more than we had seen before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when that campaign of sorts... Let it be known that Hemant admitted that baby steps are a good start. They can be a good start. So when that whole thing was starting... Somebody clipped that out. I just remember, like, she was asked to be a part of that, too. Oh, And then almost really quickly, she bowed out. And, like, listen, everyone has their personal reasons for not wanting to do stuff, so whatever, I won't make a thing of it. Do you think it's in the time she was kind of transitioning, so to speak, her political... Yeah, I think it's very much a, I don't want to do anything that might appear to be quote-unquote woke. Sure, (laughs) So that whole crowd of people who are like, I'm an atheist, but I'm not one of those, like, wokest Mm. atheists... And I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Republican, but I'm a thoughtful, critical thinker. Or um, I'm a classical liberal, whatever. I'm a libertarian. Yeah, that sort of I thing. Think both, I think both mm. sides have a lot of problems. So I feel like I saw this coming a mile away, but man, it is so weird to see that this is where she's taken. I mean, it's disappointing. It is disappointing. Because I could also and see I'm, her saying, I was on the other side of this issue against LGBTQ people. Right. And I'm also against it now. You could so make that case. You could be a not a yeah, spokesperson. I've, no one's she's voting really for you. Around, but she? you could be a voice of reason and say, "I used to be where she's at now, right. and I'm not there anymore." And here's how I changed. And instead, she's like, "Let me amplify this very sensible bigotry you are selling to people and using your platform and Ugh. billions of dollars to amplify." Like J- J.K. Rowling doesn't need your help to amplify Truly, anything. Like, who why are we asking for her opinion? Who cares what J.K. Rowling thinks about trans people? J.K. We... Rowling does. It's just exhausting. And I'm really, really sorry if this sucks for <clears throat> trans people that this right. is getting fucking dredged up all over. I mean, not that it ever was buried, but this fucking blows is all I'm trying to say. <clears throat> I figured I would give you... <sighs> you want some good news? I'll give you one piece of good... I'll give you one good story. Um, during a floor debate this week in Nebraska, the Nebraska unicameral legislature. Uh, somebody sent this to me. I've watched it already. You can't Excellent. make me happy. It will make you happy. <laughs> so, um, there were, they were discussing some bill. There's a lot of bills. They all get discussed and commented on and whatever. And during the conversation of one of these random bills, um, our friend, I, I hope she's our friend. I, I don't know her personally. Megan Hunt, one of the state senators oh, there. Oh, she's our friend. <laughs> Whether she likes it or not, <laughs> she's our friend. Um, well, one of the other state senators brought up the fact during the floor discussion about this that she received an email from a staffer during business hours for another colleague of theirs inviting her to a Christian Bible study. And she just used her time on the floor to say that's inappropriate mm-hmm. to promote religion using government resources on government time. On government Um, property. Yeah. And she's like, that's inappropriate. Do it on your own time, whatever. Megan Hunt was next to speak 
And she brought up that that email was part of a pattern. And she said, you know, I've tried to eliminate the Christian invocations that open our legislative sessions. Um, It didn't go anywhere because she's outnumbered by conservatives in the legislature. She pointed out that the Republican Party has become a vessel for Christian nationalism, that the Supreme Court has weighed in on the problems with sectarian invocations when no one else has a chance to speak. And also, I want to point out that one of their colleagues, a conservative colleague who delivered a Christian invocation that morning, said in response to all this, excuse me, that invocation that I gave this morning, I was just quoting George Washington, and quote, if you have something against our first president, what he said, I'm not sure this is the place to say it. And then he moved to strike everything Megan Hunt said from the record. What a D-bag. So what I want to play for you here, it'll take a minute. Um, what I want to play for you is a compilation of a couple things Megan Hunt said during her speeches on the floor that afternoon. This is earlier this week. Um, she not only addressed the Christian nationalism aspect of it, she also pointed out that saying like, oh, well, if you don't like George Washington, there may be something wrong with you. She addressed that as well. It's a glorious thing. I won't say anything while she speaks. I'll comment afterward. I might. Um, but yeah, you let me, for me let me play this for you here. Uh, here's Megan Hunt. I know I'm invited to your Bible study. I get the emails too. I know that would be your dream for me to join you in the Bible study. Your dream would be for me to be captive in a room with you with donuts and coffee so you can tell me what your, you know, prosperity gospel, whatever interpretation of the Bible is that makes you think that it's right to be wealthy, (laughs) that makes you think that billionaires are ethical people, that makes you think that you can drive around with a choose life license plate, but you don't do anything to actually support children who are in need in our state. Your party is your religion because nothing you're reading in that Bible study is coming through in your actions on this floor, through the legislation you bring. You're not studying the teachings of Jesus Christ. You can be more like Jesus Christ in the votes that you cast. That we know for sure. This is another aspect Um, of the speech. Senator Merman, you know, defending the prayer that he did this morning that was um, completely denominational. I was amused that his defense of it was, well, these are the words of George Washington. So if you don't like George Washington, then I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're in the wrong place, this and that. You know what? I don't like George Washington. Yeah, girl. When he died, he had 153 slaves. And there's a um, a myth that he freed his slaves when he died. Mm-hmm. He freed one slave mm-hmm. who was a Revolutionary War um, celebrity, basically, he kind of had to free him because he became very famous during the Revolutionary War, this slave. And the other 152 slaves he gave to his wife, mm-hmm. Martha. Martha kept the slaves until she died, and they passed them down to their children. Mm-hmm. So he did not free his slaves. He owned humans. And I don't admire George Washington. I think that um, just because someone is a founding father or something, we don't need to venerate them necessarily. We don't need to revere their words. And we don't need to repeat their words in the form of an invocation before we convene every day. Come on. Holy shit. <laughs> that second part was, <clears throat> wow. I will say a couple of the things she said about George Washington, I think were slightly wrong there. But in general, like the specifics, she got somewhat wrong. Yeah. But in general, she is right. George Washington owned slaves. He did not get rid of those slaves mm-hmm. in his lifetime for whatever the reasons were. Yeah. His 
his legacy is complicated. Welcome to all the founding fathers, right? Well, I just don't understand why why the founding fathers have been lauded as these sort of like godlike entities when in reality they were a bunch of like 20 somethings just making shit up as they went along which like fucking god bless they did a lot of great things but like that's the thing you can praise them for the good they sucks. did and and, and condemn the bad stuff pretend that george Watt. i mean geez if you've been to the smithsonian in um in washington dc there's like a marble statue of george washington like as a Greek god. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, let's all fucking calm down. Like, I'm sure he was a very good general. I'm sure he had some good ideas and morals and was a good leader. But that doesn't mean we need to be non-critical of people. We that, Like, that is an insane thing to ask of people, to completely whitewash our own history, when this is the only way we can understand who we are and what we're... These fucking anti-historical assholes. It's exhausting. So We've kudos, done this already. Kudos to Megan Hunt for calling it out. I'm Imagine if out. more government officials had the courage to say things like that. Wow. Um, love it. Outstanding. Too outstanding. bad she is outnumbered. Can that be a ringtone, do you think? Yeah, it should. It's a very long ringtone, but it would be <laughs> but excellent. I don't answer my phone, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, this is a story, I don't know if you've heard this, because I've been surprised by how little coverage this has gotten, but I'll, I'll set this up for you. Oh, there is a college in Florida. It's Pensacola Christian College. Oh. Very fundamentalist school. They make all the, like, Liberty University is like a party school compared to this <laughs> place. Um, they canceled a concert last week. They invited people to sing at their school, like an outside group. To oh. do a concert, because it's a very famous group, a cappella singers what, from uh, Can you tell Britain. me what it's called? They're called the King's Singers. Oh, and God, I've seen the King's Singers. All right. They're incredible. They're incredible. They've been famous. around since 1968. They rotate their cast. It, it originated is... at King's College in Holy Cambridge. Holy shit, I had the opportunity to hear, hear them sing in King's College, and <clears throat> it was... Uh, breathtaking. It, wait, so, it doesn't matter where I was, but I heard them sing. Yes. Kings, uh, so the King singers say we're doing a tour of North America. We're going to a handful of places in the U.S. and Canada, and we're going to Florida. And Pensacola Christian College says, "Come on by our campus to do uh, to do a concert." Uh-huh. Um, I assume that's how it went. I don't know that the band or the the group reached out to the college. Maybe it was the other way around. I'm uh-huh. not sure, but it was scheduled for Saturday night. What happens Saturday afternoon? Um, the concert gets canceled. Uh-oh. Now, why did that happen? Here's the deal. By the way, I should say Pensacola, the gig at Pensacola was one of the first in the tour. This is like these guys just arrived uh-huh. in the U.S. Um, here's what I don't know if they knew about Pensacola Christian College. This is like one of the most fundamentalist schools in the country. Uh-huh. Like 10 years ago, I did a story about them because apparently their handbook for students says the fire safety protocol. Let's say you're in a dorm. It catches fire or something. We need to get all the kids out of there. Mm-hmm. Guess what their book says women have to do at the school? Just stay and let the flames <laughs> okay. overtake them until a sweet release of it death. It said your priority is you got to make sure you are covered up before you leave the building in the case of a fire drill, in the case of a fire alarm. Like maybe you're wearing your PJs, but they're men. they're too much. Listen, men. we have robes hate, in the hallway. I hate men. You, can't, it on. you have to stop talking. I'll yeah. murder you. Yes. <laughs> so that's their fire safety protocol. These Women, make sure you are covered. That's priority. And also there was a story. I saw this on Reddit, but I confirmed it with the college. There was a book about classical art in their school library 
and someone had marked up all the pictures with a black Sharpie, like including the Mona Lisa's cleavage. Did I you, seen Did you that. know the Mona Lisa had cleavage? I did not. It's like this but, much, right? Yeah, it's like very tiny. And like someone covered it up with a black Sharpie and the school's like, well, yes. <laughs> they didn't deny that's it. Wild. But that's that's the school we are talking about here. And what happened is that when a student, someone, someone one of the PCC students, found out the King Singers were coming to their school, mm-hmm. they must have looked them up online. They must have seen like, oh, this group has like six members. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look them up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. One of the guys has a boyfriend because they posted pictures of the boyfriend on Instagram. Oh, An acapella singing group member. Happens to be a homosexual. (laughs) That's right. A singer. A singer singer with perfect pitch. Yes. And a a penchant for fancy suits and pitch pipes (laughs) is a homosexual. So what? Guys, gang, 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 get it together. And this guy emails, (laughs) he messages the dean, a dean of the school. I'm reading you the text message. Oh boy. Um, Recently, we have been made aware that one of the King singers is openly homosexual. Obviously, that is out of PCC's policies, and myself and many others feel strongly about being required to go support him. I should point out, apparently at Pensacola Christian College, like, you have to attend, like, four fine arts things per year. Oh, you know, I think my college had something like that. So that's what they're referencing. Um, Many, myself, we feel strongly about being required to go support him and the rest of them because of that. We don't want to support that because we know PCC wouldn't. What's going to be done about this situation? And the dean responds, Oh boy. It's been canceled. Thank you for reaching out respectfully. You're very welcome, sir, he says. And if you go on the school's website, they have the calendar of events, and it says, Fine Art Series, The King Singers, cancelled. Wow. And so, I'm sorry, which... Oh, God, I get so confused, Hammond. You know, my little tiny lady brain, yeah. which... Which is the party that's canceling people? Is uh, it, that would be the Democrats. We cancel everybody. The Democrats, everybody. we cancel yeah. people because... Liberals cancel everybody. Cancel anyway, everybody. Back to the conservative cancellation sure. here. They said... The, this is a statement from the King Singers uh, like a day or two later. We were deeply saddened that our concert at Pensacola Christian College was canceled at two hours notice on Saturday, February 11th. Right. I hope s- they got their fee. Well, I know this isn't the point, but they better have gotten paid in full. My understanding from what I could pick up from various articles is they had signed a contract to play there and the school paid their fee, whatever they were owed. They just didn't do the concert because the school wouldn't let them. So there's no legal issue here. Mm. The band got paid for whatever they were supposed to be paid for. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of it. Both sides, like no one seems to want to egg this on except me um like <laughs> everyone else has gotten over this uh, but- i just need to update i think i saw chanticleer in canada not the king singers i not apologize even close I, not even if you close. knew the acapella world the way i do oh, okay. aka i know four <laughs> straight no chaser the- The best part about this message from the King Singers, this is from their letter. This is the first, (laughs) this is the first time that anything other than bad weather, the pandemic or war has canceled, has caused a concert cancellation in our 55 year history. Well, I mean, you know, as well as I do that once a gay person goes on a stage, well, Okay. Where no gay person it's, has trod before. <laughs> on a stage, on a you stage? say? Yes. Next like, thing you're going to tell me, there are gay people on Broadway. I mean, 
what are we protect? Like, this is like when actors are homophobic. I'm like, have you met (laughs) anybody who has done anything for you in the creative universe? Because I am telling you. How do you host fine arts events and stay clear of all the gays? It must just be somebody saw them like making out. No, like I looked on I looked on the dude's Instagram that Mm. we're talking about here. There's a picture of him and his boyfriend, the singer and his boyfriend, like, I don't know, out somewhere and just taking a selfie together. That's it. We think that somebody in the organization went through every singer's social medias to make sure that no gays have weaseled their way into again. And by the way, I say acapella group. One of the singers is is gay is what started this whole thing. Uh-huh. I don't know what the rest of them are. Maybe there are more than one. It doesn't even matter. But the thing is, like, think about what happened here. This concert was canceled because a member of a singing group happens to be gay. They were not singing about homosexuality. You don't they, know that, Hammett. <laughs> and they were not mad because this guy was, I don't know, in a same-sex marriage. He's mm. not, by the way. But, like, none of that is the case. They are mad they that a have, gay guy... They don't even have evidence that, that an they've openly, had sex. An openly gay guy was going to appear on their campus. That's what this complaint was about. Not I'm, that they were promoting this. I am so sorry to keep leaning on gay stereotypes, but truly, has this person never met anybody from the theater? I... It's, Man, it's, you're guessing a good... By the way... It's astounding. The, <laughs> the tattletale who told the dean about this... Snitch. We call him the snitches. Snitch, runs an Instagram page oh with, boy. like, right-wing memes that are intended to poke fun at the school. Attack helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I identify as. Yeah. Mm. Um, I looked at that Instagram page as well, and I gotta say, listen, those memes are just... What's They're the name just of the bad. Instagram page? I gotta look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. What's the name of the Pensacola? Pensacola Christian College. I will say that on the Christianity subreddit, which is pro Christianity, and like other Instagram, po- like the King Singers Instagram post where uh-huh. they issued their like statement, sure, a lot of students at PCC chimed in Ew. to say, listen, we're not supportive of this move, just so you know. Mm. Like, which I got to say, brave of them to come out and use their actual handles and names. And sure. say, like, here's one. My name is Hannah. I am a sophomore at PCC. When I heard the message that fine arts had been canceled because of the fact that one of you is gay, I couldn't believe it. Our school is basically divided over the issue. Dot, dot, dot. Please know not all who are Christians are judgmental. Well, whatever. Honestly, and and it's easy for me to say this as a person of, I mean, I guess I'm a woman, but I'm not really from a marginalized group. Like, that's, I I think that's very, or is it not? Listen, I'm kind of of two minds. Is it like white savior-y or straight savior-y or She wasn't the only one. There were a bunch of people who chimed in and said, I am a student here. We do not agree with our administration. Just... Like, yeah. I hope that whatever frustration you have, right. take it out on the administration, but not honestly, all of us. I see that on social media a lot of, like, a, a dude says something horrible, yeah. and then another dude is like, hey, on behalf of all men, oh, we're not yeah, all like not this. All and guys. I'm like, all right, calm yeah. down. But this is better. Yeah, it's... Probably. I'm, I will say, uh, Pensacola... on Facebook, I guess. Pensacola Christian College eventually uh, also put out a statement um, trying to defend what they did. Uh, the college cannot knowingly give an implied or direct endorsement of anything that violates the Holy Scripture, the foundation for our sincerely held beliefs. Mm. I'm just trying to figure out from that sentence. Wait, that's the end of the sentence? Well, that's the one sentence. 
But that was a complete sentence. Yes. I don't think there was a what, subject or an object. In what way, implied or otherwise, were they endorsing homosexuality by inviting a singing group that was not singing about being gay yeah. to their school? I don't get it. Also, they said, PCC canceled the concert with the King Singers upon learning that one of the artists openly maintained a lifestyle that contradicts scriptures. Openly. Scripture. He openly, openly dated somebody and yes. smooched them in public. What a And slut. took a picture and posted it on Instagram. Oh, they did say the artists stated their understanding and acceptance of the change and were given full remuneration. So they were paid. All right, whatever. Um, but just a shady thing to do. Because again, if I have this right, the singers were already at the school waiting to perform. It was two hours before showtime. I and they said, would, oh, we need you to get the hell out. I would have been so furious. I might have actually caught fire. <laughs> like, I, like, you know, Hammett. Do you know what my favorite emotion is? Uh, bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my most common emotion. Oh, okay. Righteous anger is okay. my favorite emotion. <laughs> Being right and angry is just a drug to me, <laughs> which explains a lot about who I am and what I do. Um, but I truly, if that happened to me, I would like just fully lose my and mind and just run through the campus screaming. By the way, none of the other students who would have attended this performance would have known this guy was gay, other than the fact that he's in an acapella singing group that is all men. But, like, it wasn't publicized. This school doesn't trust its adult students to attend a G-rated concert because they think that, I don't know, the gay cooties on one dude will and I wanna be spread clear. out in the auditorium. It's a privilege to see the King Singers sing. I don't want to so lose you any hear. of you that have not in this. Seen <laughs> no, I've seen... I can tell you Chanticleer is very... Oh. <laughs> I bet they totally say Chanticleer in a Chicago accent the way I do. <laughs> God, what a fucking nightmare I am. Chanticleer. I'm jumping... Amen. I'm jumping to this other story about the Mormons. We're moving to the Just Mormons. The, uh, the Mormon <laughs> church... The Mormon church was fined this week. Okay, this was big this news. This is big news. So in order to make sense of like why they got punished, uh, some backstory here. A couple of years ago, like 2019, there was a Mormon who works for a group called Ensign Peak, which happens to be like the investment arm of the Mormon church. Like Mormon church says, here, company, you handle all of our money and make us more money. And like here, because we need money because we're a religious institution. So this guy was a senior portfolio manager at the investment division of the mm -hmm. Mormon church. And he blows the whistle and he talks to the Washington Post. And basically, he had submitted a confidential document to the IRS, basically saying the church is misleading people. Because in yeah. without getting into details, because good luck with me understanding them, <laughs> we're taking in X amount of dollars that are meant for charitable purposes, but none of that money's going out. And I would know because I handle their money. Right. So like we're hoarding. So this guy's the whistleblower? Well, him and his brother both okay. worked there. They used their real names in the article, which wow. for whistleblowers, Good that's for a big them. deal. They had supporting documentation. And they said, "We're this money is coming in because it's supposed to be for charity, because it's exempt from taxes, right. but it's not being used for that. In fact, tens of millions of dollars was earmarked for religious, educational, or charitable activities, but only twice was that money spent anywhere. Once to bail out a church-run insurance company, 
and another time for a church-owned shopping mall. <laughs> yeah. And these brothers said... Mall? A shopping mall. Basically, you're not using it for any of the reasons you want. And the headline at the time was the uh, the Mormon Church is basically sitting on a hundred billion dollars. Me too. Yeah, aren't we all? And so that's kind of got the ball rolling Holy here. Like, shit. oh, there's some shit going down here. By the way, the richest How man. How can you bank that much? Like, tr- that's right? the thing that confuses me. Of like. Why aren't you spending this money? You could be using it. To, you, you could cost be helping people. A billion dollars? That's your nest egg, bud. I, once I make my first 10 million, I'll start donating to someone, God, I'm sure. But you're right. Must. Like, that's the thing. You're sitting on $100 billion. You're not using so it for the things. This is going to nothing. Truly, like, just, listen. The Mormon church has realized if we just sit on it, it'll make money for us. So I'm going to go big picture conspiracy is they're trying to, like, devalue the dollar. But no, <laughs> no they're trying to increase the value there of the dollar by removing it from circulation, <laughs> increasing demand of there it. There you go. That's why inflation is happening. Blame Thanks, the Mormons. Mormons. Yes. <laughs> um, the richest man in Utah, his name is Jeff Green. He's a tech mogul worth about, like, $5 billion. Mm-hmm, just this like Jesus. bothered him so much that he was already a lapsed Mormon, but he submitted his resignation to the Mormon church along with his whole family. And he even cited what was going on with Ensign Peak, the investment division in his letter. Um, So all of that, all of that profit shouldn't have an investment. Here's the thing. The wall street journal, the the wall street journal this week reported first that the sec, the government's like investigative arm, basically for this sort of financial shenanigans, the SEC's investigation looked at 20 years' worth of tax filings made by Ensign Peak. How many years? <clears throat> 20 years' worth Jesus. of filings. Um, and basically, while the investment managers, anyone who holds over $100 million in assets, it has to report their stock holdings every quarter. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously, the Mormon church qualifies, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of doing it, they said we're dividing it up among 13 shell companies not named the Mormon Church mm. with addresses everywhere in the U.S. Not New Hampshire. So basically, you don't know where our wealth is going if you look up, like, what are the Mormon Church's papers saying about money they're taking in and going out? You couldn't find it because they divvied it up among these 13 shell companies, which allowed their true wealth to remain hidden from even its most devout members. That's basically cheating the system. So you like your own people don't know how much money you have. Even your investors, the Mormons themselves, don't know how much money you have and where it's going. We talk about, or I talk about, I guess the you know the eyes open versus eyes closed thing about preachers and things like that. Do you is that a term you're familiar? Say with? that again. Eyes open versus eyes closed. Mm, yeah. So essentially, it's um, is this hate preacher saying whatever he is saying just to like rile people up Mm. and get attention and get money and power and control over people, which is power. Or do they genuinely believe in what they're saying? And that doesn't apply just to hate preachers, of course, cult leaders and so forth. And for me, the Mormon church is a big one of like, is the president eyes open or eyes closed? And maybe that was a really naive question for me to ask. I'll answer that one for you. According to the Mormon leadership, they this is a statement released by the Mormon church. The church's senior leadership received and relied upon legal counsel when it approved the use of the external companies to make the filings. Basically saying our lawyers told us Pass shell companies are fine. 
Um, the church's hmm. senior leadership never prepared or filed the specific reports at issue, saying, well, our church leaders didn't file the IRS paperwork. Our lawyers did. We didn't know they were shell companies, even though we all knew they were shell There's companies. There's no, like, CFO who has to present all of their <laughs> earnings. Like, I understand these gentlemen want to pretend that they're not business boys, but they, they are have business billion dollars. boys. <laughs> yeah, they have they $100 billion. They should understand but, this paperwork. But none of them wants to admit they have how anything to do with this. can you look at... How can you find... Well, they're all denying it. But how could you... Listen, look our, at your leadership. If you go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast, it does not have a hundred billion dollars. I watch that shit like a hawk. <laughs> if you have a hundred billion dollars and all of you are saying, listen, I don't know how money works, I left leave that to someone else. Do I you, never looked at money. Do you know who's the only person in the world who actually looks at how many donors we have? Who? John Blumke, my father. <laughs> Every time I see him. So, uh, lost a couple, huh? Like, all right, John, fucking calm down. Sorry, we have to talk about J.K. Rowling this week. <laughs> um, but here's the, here's the downside to all of this. So yeah. the SEC does this investigation. Mm. What happens when they realize this is some fraudulent shit going on here? Yeah. Well, they don't have the power to do that much, unfortunately. So here's what they did. what are we doing, SEC? Yeah, I know. Here's they did what they could within their means, which is not much. So here's what's happening: uh, they have to pay Ensign Peak, the investment division, has to pay a four million dollar penalty. I'm sorry, wait what for it. I'm gonna do something. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll, I beat you to the punch. I got the numbers for you: <laughs> a four million dollar penalty for the investment division, mm-hmm. and the church itself has to pay a one million dollar penalty. <gasps> a million. So. If Ensign Peak managed $32 billion in assets, even though they say there are other billions in other places, Mm -hmm. and they now, them and the church, have to pay $5 million, that is about one hundredth of 1% is what they have to pay. It's nothing. It's Um, literally nothing. It's not even a... You can't even feel the slap on the wrist. It's a change out of your pocket. Yes. If we still had change Um, Which they will be taking because all they do is hoard money. Um, And by the way, the church said the $5 million penalty will be covered by investment returns and not tied money. you don't fucking say, dog. (laughs) Yeah, we know. Um, According to the Salt Lake Tribune, the latest SEC filing valued Ensign Peak's public fund at $44.4 billion, meaning they're just making more money anyway, so the little penalty won't hit them at all. So I want to kind of take a step back from, from, or walk back, rather, what I said earlier of like, okay, so the leaders said they did no. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not going to give me a Actually, pri- a their statement said, with the announcement of the order that we agreed to the settlement, the matter is closed. Oh, said boy. the Mormon okay. church. Best case scenario. Best case scenario is I am a regular Mormon and I am have access to the information that my church is worth $10 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like 100 that, a hundred million? No, no, no. I'm talking oh, like... Oh, my church, my, my I'm personal. I'm talking like uh, audience-facing, customer-facing. Yeah. How mu- If I'm a Mormon, yeah. how much do I think the church writ large has? Like, I'm just wondering if they're like, oh, yeah, they have a couple million stocked up for emergencies. Right. And if they found out they have whatever the public-facing yep. number is, 80 billion or whatever, right. like, 
would they think twice about tithing? This is my question, because the penalty doesn't hurt the church. The only thing that could hurt the church at all is people realizing that I'm never giving money to the Mormon church again because they're not using it. They don't need it. They're hoarding it. They're lying about it. Which is, guys, you're a... This is why we need to stop... Treating churches differently than any other nonprofit mm-hmm. because they hire the same people nonprofits hire to maximize their tax benefits. That's how the fucking game works. I hate it, but that's the reality that we're living in right now. And so, if I think the idea of like, oh, we don't tax churches is in fucking Robin Hood when like the church was just like a little stone one room house and everybody came in and like, you know, Psalms for the poor or whatever. And it's just like, that's not what it is anymore. These are multi, multi-billion dollar corporations that are making people extraordinarily wealthy and doing virtually no good. So what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. yeah. By the way, I didn't know this. Topping Ensign Peak's list of public holdings, like what does the Mormon church invest in? They have stakes worth more than a billion dollars in Apple, a billion dollars in Microsoft, a billion, more than a billion dollars in two types of shares in Alphabet, which oversees Google. So that's what the Mormon church is investing in tech companies. Listen, what can we expect from a church that was founded either by a scam artist or on the back of gold? <laughs> like either way, they were set up to like, fail. And I am sorry. The one thing that, that needs to happen, I hope, is Mormons walk away from this place I mean, or at least stop giving them money. They can. They're doing everything they can to drive people yeah. out. That's what's oh. blowing my mind. Everybody knows church attendance is down across the nation consistently. And they're like, you know what we should do? Exclude people. I that said, will get the numbers up. I said the whistleblowers used their names and went to the Washington Post about it. But before their names were brought to light, the documents were first published by the website Mormon Leaks <laughs> uh, back in 2018. Cool to have uh, a religion that needs to be leaked. <laughs> right. Neat work, everybody. Right. Um, oh, let's talk about this interesting uh, story Involving the satanic the things you wrote down. I know there's so much. Everybody's so mad because we're gonna miss like eight topics because I can't shut my stupid gob. It's all good. <laughs> um, interesting story involving the satanic panic of the 1980s. I love the satanic panic of mm-hmm. the 1980s. It's one of my favorite topics. So it turned out uh, back in the 80s, uh-huh. a guy named uh, Melvin Quinney. He and his wife were going through a divorce in 1990. She was super religious, I guess. And because it was not apparently an amicable divorce, oh, uh, she accused the then 43-year-old Quinny of leading a satanic cult that murdered people. Oh, um, that's specific. No evidence of that. But his kids were taken into custody at the time, and his 10-year-old son at the time said to Child Protective Services that uh, his dad sexually abused him. I'm reading from an article here. After weeks of coercion from therapists, their mother, and other adults, John and his sister developed, quote, memories Mm -hmm. of abuse and occult rituals. John came to believe that their father was the leader of a satanic cult that had committed murder and sexually abused him and his sister as part of satanic rituals. So that happened. They, They locked this guy in a way, in like 1990, like one maybe, he was finally released in 1999 due to Jesus. good behavior. Due to good behavior, and but he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong, as far as we know. But the thing is, in 1999, even when he was released, 
um, he was still forced to register as a sex offender, which, of course, deprives him of any Jesus. opportunity to get his life you back on track. You can't live in certain places. You certainly can't get a lot of jobs. It was only until tw- uh, 2012 he finally, through a long story, Golly. gets in touch with his kids who he hasn't talked to <gasps> since going away to prison because they thought he had abused them. But in 2012, this is what, like uh, 30 uh, 20 some years after all this happens, he starts talking to his kids, I think through an intermediary at first, but eventually those kids realize, wait, none of that shit happened that we thought. I think that was just stuff our mom said about you, mm-hmm. but like none of, we don't, that never happened. And their mom died, I think at some point a while back. So she's not here to argue any of this, but Jesus with Christ. the help of the innocence project of Texas, people. They've been trying to overturn not just the the conviction because he's out of prison. Like, it's take away the sex offender registry thing. He never did anything wrong. We need the record to show that he never did anything wrong. I think he's owed financial compensation. Maybe financial compensation. I don't know about that end of it. But in this case... like they, there are articles. Fuck. If you look up this guy's name, Melvin Quinney, you could see like there are articles of the trial mm. where John, the son, who is now you know a grown adult, mm. testifies at trial uh, about how he was lied to and about the satanic panic and how he didn't realize he was the victim of wow. this sort of brainwashing. Um, and he said, even if after his father was convicted, John said his mother still <clears throat> said a cult was after them. He said at trial, like. Our whole life revolved around, quote, a satanic cult was after us. Oh, sounds like she definitely had some untreated <coughs> medical issues, which I bet yeah. if she wasn't a hardcore Christian, she might have gotten And treated. the thing, and like the psychologist said, the son never really had a good narrative of when this occurred, the abuse, because it never did, or Dude. how it abused. Like, they should not have allowed this to happen. But here's the happy news. Uh, I guess happy. <laughs> um, a while back, a district court judge suggested an exoneration to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. Oh, it's Texas. It's Texas. Oh, boy. But this past week, that writ was granted. Yay. It vacated the conviction. He no longer has to register That's as a sex offender because he never was one. Mm. The, I, I think the one thing that... And the, by the way, there is a picture of him with his uh, kids. Like, they seem to be oh, better. Um, but Poor the family. thing that's upsetting is there's no plan to punish... I mean, the wife is gone now, but, like, there's no ex-wife. There's no plan to punish any of the still-living Christians whose initial lies led to all of this. Because, And how do you get back 20, 30 years of your life at this point? You can't. Um, if you are curious about this guy's story, at least before this week, um, there is a podcast called American Panic that hmm. did a whole season about this guy's story. Um, and would, it's not the only story of people getting caught up in the satanic panic. There, oh, a couple of years ago, another couple, um, Dan and Fran Keller, they were exonerated after spending more than two decades in prison because they ran a daycare and they were accused of doing things to kids. That is, they eventually received about like three and a half million dollars in compensation for the 20 God, plus years they spent nearly behind bars. Enough. I, if people are interested in this topic, I'd really recommend um, checking out. Have you ever heard have it, um, the documentary Capturing the Freedmans? That sounds vaguely familiar. It's basically about a family that got accused of molesting children during the satanic panic. And the thing that you have to understand about children and memories and authority and all that is like our memory is very malleable and very fallible. And kids, especially, no offense, kids, cover yours, you're fucking idiots. 
and they can convince themselves of just about anything. And so when you're being, when you're saying, I think something happened to you and you just keep pushing them until they tell, this is all classic bad interrogation technique of like, they're eventually going to say something because our desire as humans is to please the person of authority. Mm -hmm. So eventually they're going to, and then if you keep remembering something over and over, it feels real. Anybody who has been completely wrong about something that they would have bet their life that they were right about. Like it's memories fallible and this shit is insanity and it needs to, I, I cannot believe we're still dealing with the repercussions of it. It's tragic. It's also one of my favorite topics to study. I'm so sorry. I'm a monster. One last story for you here. Uh, this one should be short, but I got a bunch of people <laughs> sending me, like me. I know, this. A bunch of people send me this story. The headline in the BBC says Mozambique pastor dies attempting 40 day Jesus fast. Apparently, he said Jesus fasted for 40 days. I'm like going to fast for 40 days. This is another urban legend that we've heard time and time again. Well, this is why I think people wanted to send it along. Like, okay. this is pretty messed up, right? Christianity is bad because this guy tried to imitate something Jesus did and now he's dead. I mean, and the story that was stated here, by the way, I saw it in Yahoo News, which reprinted an article from another place. I saw it in the Daily Beast. Um, but basically, Did you find a primary source. We'll talk about oh, that. Okay. The story here was this guy, Francisco Baraja, the founder of the Santa Santa Trinidad Evangelical Church in Mozambique, was taken. He was fasting for forty days, forty nights, no food, no drink. He was taken to the hospital after twenty five days. We were told, no, he didn't. and then died due to organ failure. He was only thirty nine years old. That's the story everyone was spreading. And here's the thing. If that sounds dubious, and it should, let's talk about why you're, you're like all your alarm bells should be going off. Because I'm a critical thinker, and I don't just believe everything comes out of your that dumb too. mouth. Here's a couple <laughs> other things. Nearly every article cites the same BBC report. And anytime any articles like about a subject Ooh, cite the same. Are we media literacy? If anything cites one source mm. with no first, very little firsthand reporting, mm-hmm. and BBC is notorious for reprinting everything out of BBC Africa, which every uh, time you see a story... journalistic standards are not... Yeah, journalistic standards are not very high. And so I've seen stories of like, this pastor got eaten by a crocodile during a baptism. It's like, where did it come from? Was it BBC Africa? The answer is yes. Uh, so that's one thing. Every article about this story cited the same BBC article, which wait, is dubious. is that dubious. problematic? Because how much, like, is there a lack of journalistic coverage in Africa? So we shouldn't be dubious about everything that comes out of there because people are doing the best they can or people are using that vacuum to... Maybe both. I'm not saying this, like, someone purposely <sighs> lied, but I'm like, hey, a friend tells Somebody, me a story. Someone's lying. lying. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not yeah. even saying it's a hoax. I'm saying we need better evidence, yes. and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Other things. There are no photos or videos of the fasting. If you're a church leader and you're saying, I'm going on a 40-day fast in Ooh, order to show... That's a social media campaign. That is That has to be, because why else would you be doing it if not to show, hey, if Jesus did it, I have faith in Jesus, therefore I can do it, and I'm going to document the process uh, for you. Devil's advocate, if they were being truly Christ-like, they would not have advertised <laughs> But being it, Christ-like... So they can- you don't fast for 40 days just for the sake of doing it. You do it to show that my faith allows me to do anything. Oh, so this so you don't is think the sort of it to yourself is enough. Right. It's about this isn't okay. a personal thing. This is I'm doing this to show you you should have faith. Yeah. But there's no evidence they documented any of the fasting, mm. which seems weird. Um, there's virtually no in- oh, here's a big one. I found virtually no information online about the pastor That's- or the name of the church. 
before this week. So it's just whole cloth. Like it just these people, the guy and, and the I church's sw- name I've came up out of nowhere. Before. I I because would... you could filter results by date. It's like show me anything you got before February of this year. Yeah, they don't exist. But I've heard this urban legend before. I feel like this was like <laughs> either in my early days of writing for you yeah. or before I wrote for I, you, and I just read it. Like I feel like I remember sorts of stories pop up all the time. Yeah, um, the details make no sense. He's the, supposedly he made it twenty five days without food or water. The world record, as far as we know, for that kind of fasting, this is according to the Guinness Book of World Records, is 18 days. That's the world record. Most people would last a few days tops. Just listen to the tragedy of the Essex on last podcast on the left. And um, dying of dehydration sounds like it's real unpleasant. Like your whole tongue just swells up and you just can't talk. Yikes. And then you Um, kind of die before you die. It sounds lousy. I would not recommend it. The Daily Beast added this. Uh, a piece of information which I found amusing. Jesus may not have fasted without food or water for 40 days mm-hmm. because the gospel of Matthew and Luke say he fasted for 40 days, but that but doesn't necessarily... does not mean... Doesn't mean no water necessarily. The gospel of Mark doesn't mention Jesus fasting at all. Mm. So I don't know what the purpose of the stunt was. Well, again, it's, a, it's a myth, if nothing else. It's a pervasive myth, yeah. so I wouldn't... Um, the fact that it's not biblically backed does not deter me from believing it's true because <laughs> people aren't... Again, not known for the critical thinking skills. And again, stories like this appear all the time. They are never true. All the ones about an African preacher mm-hmm. did something miraculous yeah. or didn't, and it failed. Those stories happen all the time. Here's how bad this uh, phenomenon is. The one about the pastor, like, there was a story about a pastor who tried walking on water, but then he drowned and got eaten by crocodiles. He both drowned and got eaten he, by crocodiles? He, well, he fell into the water We're and then got eaten. the pudding yes. at this point. Um, not only did Snopes say that was false later, even the Daily Mail, which is known for spreading lies, ran an article admitting the story okay, originated the on a satirical Mail- site. Is redacting. Yeah. Dang. They're saying like, hey, you guys, you may have heard the story. It's not true. hysterical. When the Daily Mail tells you this thing is not true, man. Wow. I do have other stories. I will stop there for now. I'll save some for next week. Yeah, we can definitely. um... (laughs) What are we talking about during the bonus? Okay, well, before we get to the bonus, I just want to go over a couple quick things. First of all, thank you for everybody who wrote in about um, my interview with Kelly Carter Jackson. I was thrilled to to share that with y'all i was thrilled for the opportunity to talk to to dr carter jackson i just admire her so much and i don't want to lie think it comes through in the interview um stickers um if you have signed up as a patron for what five bucks are over a month yes um you should be getting stickers if you haven't already you should be getting them the next week or so if by, oof, I'm not going to give myself a date because girl can't be trusted. If by like March 1st, you haven't gotten a sticker, just shoot us an email because there's a non-zero chance I fucked up your address. I missed <laughs> your name. I uh, Apparently last year I sent somebody just a blank envelope with nothing in it. So I'm doing my best, <laughs> but I also have very few executive skills at this point <laughs> So I'm just trying. Okay. Um, oh, also, last thing before I go to bonus content. Oh. Happy birthday, Hammond. Thanks. Hammond turn. Can I tell him? Can I say you it? Can, you can say it. Hammond turns 40 this weekend. Oh. 
And he's having some college friends over. I was not invited. <laughs> Here's what we're going to be talking about in the bonus episode. Now I have a... For fun- my birthday, if you want to go to patreon.com slash friendly Truly, we would... Bo- and Hemant will get all the money for his birthday. I won't take any. I Listen, I'm just $100 billion shy of our first do, goal. Do you know the... <laughs> You know, the wildest thing is my dad this past weekend made me sign a bunch of paperwork about like his last will and testament. <laughs> and he was like, because I just have the one brother and he's like, I am cutting it in half. You guys get half. And I was like, that's how Hammond and I do it. And I'm so grateful for like, <laughs> let's not like bit and piece this thing. Let's just chop it yep. in half. Okay. Here's what we are going to be talking about in the bonus episode. A new, uh, a fun fact I just remembered about how the tragedy of the Essex, which if you haven't heard of it is the inspiration behind Moby Dick was actually a result of gay panic, mm. which I do love to fold that in. Um, today I was up in Northern Illinois and we are hopefully ugh, fingers crossed purchasing two horses who I'm obsessed with. They're both amazing. This one horse, Scotty, I really want to talk to you about. You're not going to get it or care, but I'm just excited uh-huh. about him. It was just, it was like riding him was such a privilege, and we're going to own him. And like, Christ, how lucky. Um, my family's Christmas, I just had this past weekend because we had scheduling conflicts and then illnesses. <laughs> Truly, like, and we would have just stopped it, except for I, my brother and I slam dunked our parents' Christmas presents. Okay. And so I was like, no, we're having a fucking Christmas so okay. we can watch you. Um, Don Jr.'s quote hands. I would love to talk about that a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I think that's all on my list. I don't even know what I have to talk about because I've been in a daze yeah, for like two weeks. Yeah, just My emerged. coaching season is over and now I'm back Did to normal. Did you say two weeks or well, two, three months? Three months. <laughs> but it's done now. This is my favorite time of the year because it's the time of the year when we can like plan stuff and yeah. do stuff as a podcast because Hemant is annoyingly busy with his other job. I hate <laughs> it. Um, you know where right. to find us. Absolutely. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. You can email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. And you can always go leave us on the reviews, all of the reviews. Um, Leave this us review good reviews. is from Lothadriel, which feels very elven, so I'm into it. So here's the thing with um, Apple reviews is the title always gets cut off, and there's uh-huh. no way to see the rest of it. And Jessica so, is a blank, and it's like, ooh, I wonder <laughs> no, how you're going to no. finish that sentence. Jessica is the best, and Shoal, dot, 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 um, five stars. We need more female voices in the atheist community. I love Jessica's snark humor and her obvious passion for these topics. I suppose the other guy is okay too. I yes. am here for this trend of people like <laughs> dunking on him for no specific reason other than I got dunked on so much. I really like the sense of cosmic justice in our <laughs> listenership. <laughs> and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you in the bonus episode. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.